And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome back to Warriors Plus Minus. The General Services Administration has given us permission to transition. So now we can talk about the new Warriors. Thank you, Elaine Murphy, for relenting. All the votes have been counted. Whoa. I believe it was Emily, by the way. Yeah. Emily? <laughs> he's, taking Dang, them, he's taking all of them. Everybody there. I never knew there was a General Services Administration to this whole rigmarole. world. But anyway, I don't think Marcus. anybody did. I don't think anybody did. I didn't know a lot of stuff about politics that I know <laughs> four years later. The, the, the pervasive <laughs> point is that we can now talk about the next season. Right, we can do that now. Is that yes? That's, that's we're, we're allowed, right? So like, this is what we can I do. I think now. we've There's actually been, been talking about next season for about a, two years now. Feels like we've been talking about all these theories of how they would rebuild the roster. Now we actually have the example. Besides the clay injury, this is kind of how we mapped it in a lot of ways. So. I, well, mapped it, but I didn't expect them to kill it like this. I mean, that's whoa, the thing of it. Oh, thumbs up, yeah. Ethan. Thumbs oh. up. Where did this? I thought we were going to be. He was destroying the. I get people complaining to me that Ethan's destroying the dynasty, Mister Negative. Where did they kill? (laughs) What was the best move, Ethan? What was their best move for? I call it like I see it. You know, I think Ubre. I think getting Ubre is a good move. Can we just start though by saying that they basically followed my plan? Like I gave them the five steps, and they essentially followed it. So, uh, Bob Myers, I'm gonna need a check. Yeah, and then when it all falls apart, we're gonna blame you, Marcus, not not Bob Myers. Absolutely, Marcus knows nothing. When it it all falls apart, will anybody give me credit for being doom and gloom initially? (laughs) Who knows? Can I also say that I think I did Kelly Oubre as like a target of the week way long ago. We talked about it on the podcast, and Ethan didn't like it at the time, and now he's saying that is the move (laughs) of an officer. Me and Ethan have had this Kelly Oubre conversation for a while now. He has not been a fan of Kelly Oubre. I guess here's what I'm saying. It's like when when you go hiking, they say hunger is the best sauce. Desperation is the best sauce. When all of a sudden your all-star wing suffers a devastating injury, it's very important. That you get a replacement. So, yeah. So, Ethan is a uh, wily coyote and stuck in the desert. And Kelly Oubre now is a, a chicken. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the, the mirage just turns him into a chicken. Like, yeah, you, you looking pretty. You looking pretty good right now. I mean, it's one of those like you better you better figure out something because it is so hard to get wings in this league, and that is the curve I am grading the Warriors on. You know, I said doom and gloom, dynasty over. I mean, I think that's kind of self evident, frankly. I think people don't want to hear it because emotions are raw in the aftermath of what happened with Clay. But then after that point, to be able to just get some wings when it's so hard to get wings in the NBA, uh, when you absolutely needed them, just in terms of a short 
long-term solution. I think the Warriors really did a great job this offseason. Do you guys agree? That's where the $17.2 million exception that must be now calculated back into the whole D'Angelo Russell sign and trade that included the Andre Iguodala get off the final year. You get the exception. And, you know, we spent weeks wondering if Joe Lakeham would use it and wondering if they would let this tool go to waste. They didn't. And now that to me, makes us have to regrade the Russell sign and trade a little bit too. Because you you not only get Ubre for a year where, you, like you said, you're desperate to have him basically start at the two, probably play 30 minutes, probably be their third, fourth best scorer. But also, I could see Kelly Ubre fitting. You know, if Joe Lacob's willing to keep spending big, Kelly Ubre could be on this roster next year with Clay Thompson too. So, uh, you know, they have his rights long term. That's the other reason to give them credit is they did not have to do it. They did not. And... That's quite a financial commitment. We don't know what it's going to be at the end of it all. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the initial sticker shock 80 million, but it's going to be a lot of money and it represents very intense commitment to win in the short term. So not every ownership group would do it. They just wouldn't in the NBA. So there should be some credit given there. Yeah, I, I just think that if they're going to maintain themselves as a credible, you know, we can't say championship level organization at this point. Ethan's said no, so we got to defer to Ethan. But as a contender, as an interesting team, as Steph Curry's prime seasons, they had to do this even if Clay didn't get hurt, I think. Like, I mean, this is something they just had to do. We talked about it. Like, there's some responsibility based on, you know, on rich teams. And the rich teams that don't spend that money are going to get criticized for it. And the ones that do are going to get praised for making the effort. We'll see how it works out. But last season's group of ads really wasn't, like, tough, right? It wasn't defense. It wasn't... Like, go irritate the other team. It was D'Angelo Russell, Glenn Robinson, Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, Jordan Poole. Alex, get buckets, Burks. Alec Burks, you know, like the toughest guy they brought in was Pascal, and that was just as an afterthought. And these guys, you got know, Ubre Wanamakers. He's a little bit of a scrappy guy, right? I mean, I in the he, he's like messes around with guy. He bumps off of people. He kind of reminds me of the PJ Tucker path, where yep, it's like yep. played Europe, in Europe yep. for seven years, came over. He's 28 years old. He's like in his third year, and he's kind of scrappy. I'm not saying he'll be PJ Tucker. If you look at it, you can say it's defense because Wiseman is certainly defense first. But I don't think Wiseman, you know, he's not. Collie Stein's athletic, and I don't want to rip him, but he certainly avoids contact. And I don't think Wiseman is going to do that. I think they've got some guys who are going to bang around a little bit. And I think they they need that. And I think at times Draymond looked around and go, you know, I'm going to go slug it out with LeBron. And I've got D'Angelo Russell or, or Wiggins, certainly not a guy, a physical guy. And now he's got some guys around him. He's got some, you know, he's got some guys who might, you know, scrap with him. Doesn't mean they're going to be better. But I think that was an important element of what they did in this season, going into this season. Just a little bit tougher, a little bit ornery, a little more defensive minded. Uh, and I think they're going to be more interesting to watch. They're kind of a big team now, all of mm-hmm. a sudden. I mean, that's well, that's if they're playing Ubre at the two. I mean, if Ubre yeah. at the two, yeah, they're really big. They're long. Six, seven at the two. I think they have about set, six or it's seven. wingspan ro- all over the place. Ro- I think they have six or seven rotation players that have seven-foot wingspan. I'm into it. I don't think that it's contention level, and I think that you don't have a lot of balance. If Steph undergoes any kind of injury, I mean, the whole thing is pretty much cooked, but... I'm excited to watch it. It feels like a different model than the one we were watching before. It was a lot of uh, veteran-savvy IQ and guile um, and passing in the early iteration of the the Warriors dynasty. Now it's Steph and a lot of athleticism. And I don't know if we've ever seen it, so that's why I'm really... We have it. Well, I mean, you know, Andre when he was younger, Livingston when he was young, that first season of those guys all together 
was long, you know, a little more springy. David they were Lee, long, but they when David, when David Lee was in his prime, yeah, they were athletes I, like this. Barnes, Azili, yeah, not like this. Young Draymond, but yeah, Ubre is just that's what he is. He's an athlete. I want to get back to what Slater mentioned about using the trade exception, the Iguodala deal, and all wrapped up in D'Angelo Russell. And I did bring that up with Lakeup, and I heard somebody from the organization say, see, 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 look, it was good that we did the D'Angelo Russell deal. I think I know who that person <laughs> yeah. was. And I'm pretty sure yeah, who was. And that's fine. I just said, but you know what? We all said it at the time, too, by the way. Like, we all said this is an asset ad, right? This is not a player ad. It's an no, asset No, it wasn't ad. an asset. It, they, <laughs> they brought up the keeper. I know. I did bring up, uh, Myers did ex- absolutely say, we did not bring him in a trade. That is not, well, I don't know where people are saying that. And I understand a GM has to say that, but... We talked about this a lot, that this was an asset play. They got a guy. The only way they could keep this maximum salary slot is if they added somebody who also had value in the future, and D'Angelo Russell was that. But they basically turned losing Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala. we got to add that because that was, that was a penalty, losing Iguodala and Durant into Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, and a first-round pick protected one through three next season. That's pretty good. I mean, for nothing, that's pretty good. If you, if you want to add up all those moves— this is what you do when you have the money to spend, first of all, and secondly, when you're thinking out a couple moves ahead. Well, to me, it was, they punted last season, so so Iguodala didn't really matter last season. And then Durant, they were losing anyways because he said, I'm leaving. So, yeah, no, I mean, to me, it can really become a home run if they turn Wiggins into a player and if they keep Ubre long-term. That's when it was like, wow, that was a great string of moves. For now, it's like, help. Or if they package them all to get Giannis. <laughs> mm. Well, like, Giannis, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, Giannis, uh, when's he when's he committing over there? Like, what's what's going on? Well, the, how about the disastrous string of events for the Bucks with the whole like Bogdanovich, like you know that move crumbles and then they yeah go, whatever like, it was right yeah DJ Augustine three for twenty one million and then like they backed it up with some strange I guess you, they didn't have any other answers because that was what they were thinking they were gonna do but. Didn't look like the most competent front office work in the last week or two. Our John Hollinger made the same conclusion <laughs> in his uh, explanation. He's like, yo, at some point, Giannis is going to be like, yo, what are y'all doing? Like, what, what is happening up here? I believe this, like what we just, we've seen Oklahoma City do is you sign these guys to long-term extensions and you tell them if you want to go, we'll trade you. Because I think if I'm Giannis, that's what I demand from Milwaukee. Give me the deal. And the only way I sign it is if you agree to trade me if I don't like it. So it, it, it turns out, you know, because he's got all the power. Well, how could they say no to that? Oh, no, no, no. We're not going to give you this deal. To hell with you. We won't. No, they'll probably what give that What do we call deal. it? Like an open marriage in free agency? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Sounds what about right. That? Sounds, let me look around. No, you can't look around, but let me so look around. What, what would you call that? That's not a no trade clause. That's a, what, <laughs> it's a, a trade will trade. Will trade clause. <laughs> you must trade me in a year if that's I a, say that's so. A polygamous contract what is that <laughs> and i don't even know if that's really allowed right i mean if, if you went back and said should you allow P- paul george to tell you that when i want to be traded you will trade me and that's the only way i take a max i bet you the league would say don't do that but what, what are the small markets going to do they have to do stuff like that to get a paul george to get a russell westbrook to sign long term and to get yon i bet you I, I would just say even if he announced it right now that he signed in the supermax I would not preclude him asking for a trade and getting traded next season. Or maybe even February. Probably too soon. But this is a guy that he's got that clout. He's absolutely got that clout. What's interesting, as Hollinger was pointing out, is how many teams are held up right now in free agency because they obviously think they have a shot at him. And that is odd. 
that is a little bit strange. And Hollinger also pointed out that you don't see any of these teams doing this for Anthony Davis, or they didn't even do it for Anthony Davis at a certain point because it was obvious it was the Lakers. I remember one team doing it for another player about four years ago uh, and, and did a whole lot of stuff the couple years before to make sure they had the space to sign this guy four years ago. And they did like sign three, him. three, three years yeah. before, right? And so I just wonder what's happening. Like, why is this impression out there? Why do we have multiple teams acting like they have a shot at this guy? In theory, a lot of these deals are done in secret, behind the scenes. It seems like Giannis has let a few teams think that they that they can get him, which I think would make me a little nervous if I'm a Bucks fan. Or the lack of commitment says that. Like the fact that he hasn't committed makes teams say, "Well, what if?" Yeah, exactly. They're leaving the op- they're leaving the option open. I mean, they're, they're the Warriors thought they were getting LeBron for a minute, right? Like yes. remember they were trying to get. <laughs> they thought they had a chance at him. They thought. Yeah, they, 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 I thought they could get a beat. There was also some rumblings that he was going to sign it, and now that that has gone quiet, that would be a concern. We don't need to do all Giannis piece again, but I also think, what did it really cost Miami to leave themselves? Not not that much, right? It's a cost value. Like, hey, if we can keep most of this together and we don't have to put ourselves into a spot where we're losing our opportunity to chase Giannis, let's do it. I don't think the risk was that great for this. Like with Dallas. Dallas, oh my God, the hell of space open. What what were they going to do? You know, get Gordon Hayward for that spot? No, they don't. Why not just go with the young guys and then see what they got next season for Giannis? So I don't think it's like, oh my God, this means he's doing it. I just means there is a chance for it to happen, no, no question. But let's talk. Let's talk Warriors. Let's talk Warriors. When all this stuff was going down on draft day, there was a lot of talk about the Warriors' relative inactivity and you know not getting guys or missing on guys. If you take out the Ubre, which you know was the trade exception, really wasn't a part of the free agency signing. And the Warriors basically walk walk away with Brad Wanamaker and Kent Bazemore. Do you feel like that's a legit criticism that they weren't involved? They walked away with another player. He's seven foot one. He's nineteen, and I think he's going to <laughs> that's be. That's not the a free agency period, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about the free agency period. But part of that inactivity was their unwillingness to trade the asset that was number two, or at least put it in the, in talks because they might have a, a twenty five point per game immediate center. And so I think we need to include Wiseman in the in the off season. They think Wiseman could score twenty five off the bat, or like no, no, no. Yeah, twenty five minutes. Maybe. I said twenty. Okay. Okay. Minutes, not oh, okay. points. Okay. So okay. like, whoa, whoa. I was like, what, what happened? There? Yeah. I'm thinking of guys who are available, who could fit under their mid level, who could fit under the table. There's just a lot of, oh, this guy's going there. How come the Warriors aren't involved? How come the Warriors aren't involved? Do you like the method that they chose? Or do you think they probably should have gone after a few of these guys? Yeah, I don't know who that would have been. I mean, you know, the, 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 the I, guys, and we don't know that they didn't, right? They probably yeah, the, yeah, what I if mean, they there's did? A, there's, a few, there's a few guys they probably went after. I mean, Josh Richard, my guy was Josh Richardson. You know, there's guys Joe Harris, whatever. There's a list of guys, but they they probably weren't going to get those. Well, Josh Richardson would have been through trade, but uh, you know what, Marcus Soul, like he was. They're they're not the Lakers. That's what the Warriors were. Gee, somebody might have written this a little while ago. That's where the Warriors were two years ago, where they're going to get a guy taking the cut rate deal. That's the Lakers now. I mean, they might have missed on one or two guys. Slater, I thought they were going to get Serge. I did think they were getting Ibaka. Like, when the prices started dropping, I was like, oh, they might get this dude. Well, I'll say this. Clay's injury really hurt them in that, in those arguments, because the team like the Lakers who got Gasol, a team like the Clippers who got Serge, can say, come and you can win a title. If you're those guys looking at the Warriors, you're like, I don't think they can win anymore without Clay. So that takes that off the table. I do think there's a world where if Clay doesn't get injured, they have Wiseman, they still maybe get a Wanamaker, and then they also get a Marcus soul because marcus soul's saying okay 
tiebreaker goes to the Warriors. I think I can go and be kind of the final piece there. I know they were in on Aaron Baines too. You know, he decided to go to Toronto. That was almost the dominoes of, of Gasol goes to the Lakers. Toronto needs a big. If you're Aaron Baines, you're probably thinking Toronto's got a better chance at a title than the Warriors. And the fact that they were mixing up for those two guys tells me they're unsure. They're most unsure right now about their big man spot. Obviously, we don't know with Wiseman. We don't know with Looney's health. Marquise Chris, okay, he's helpful. That's the one spot I think they wish they got one more guy. There's a bodies out there. I mean, not great ones, but... We'll see if they're if they're willing to spend. I think they can get somebody. It won't, you know, it's going to be on that level of what we're talking about, you know, Collie Stein or whoever. I mean, it wouldn't be him, but it'd be on that level. But I don't know that they actually absolutely need another center, other than Kerr likes having five of them to play. A lot of this depends on Wiseman. Right? Yes, it's, Wiseman, it's, it's yeah, all yeah, it yeah, depends yeah, on. Yeah, if Wiseman can't play more than you know, Damian Jones minutes, yeah, then they're they need another center. But if he can play Marquise minutes, minutes Marquise Chris minutes or more then I think they're okay at center. Yeah, I think it's job well done. I think it's hard to have complaints given what they've turned around. And there is a little bit of a tragedy to it just in that I look at what they've gotten and it's stuff they could have gotten if they didn't have this clay injury and you go, oh man, I could talk myself into, I could talk myself into a contention if they still had clay as clay. So I think they've added more depth. They've addressed some of the issues that made them so bad last season and I'm not sure what the complaint would be at the end of this all I mean I know there there are aspects of them wanting to bolster the center spot as as Anthony's saying but I don't I don't really know what the complaint can be and I I haven't really been seeing too many complaints I think people I think the fans are pretty happy with what they're doing we'll talk about the second round picks a little bit I think Nico Mannion isn't a great player but man who's gonna have a better career him or Jordan Poole Mm. I think cool, but I'm low. I, I, I think, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be real. I, I think it's gonna be real close. I think it's gonna be real close. Let's talk players. a little Nico. Let's talk a little Mannion because it's uh, look. Most second round picks are not going to work out. It's uh, probably a 95 percent shot that it's not going to work out. That's the smart money, right, on Nico Mannion. But there is something interesting in coming away from a draft with two of the top six, like highest ranked high school recruits going into that college class. You know, that's what the Warriors have. I think Nico and the RSCI was six and highly touted. And if you were just basing it off his first eight games before he started having back spasms and figure out whatever that means, you know, maybe you look at that and say that he's never going to be right in his career. Or maybe you look at that and say that's the confounding variable, but he looked awesome at the beginning of the college season before totally falling off. And also I've heard some rumblings that maybe Sean Miller's not the most highly thought of coach offensively. So it might be a bit of a bet on that end. And so I don't know if that's the right pick. I don't know if it will work out, but Mannion's interesting at number two when you could see him flourishing with a Steve Kerr offense potentially and it was the bonus of um they not only did they get him that late in the draft but they had an agreement in place while getting him that he was going to agree to a two-way deal which basically gives him a free roster spot essentially i mean because the two ways this year with it with a very unknown situation in the g league are they even going to play a season he can be active for 50 of the 72 games so you basically just get an extra point guard that mannion smile geesh pick and roll <laughs> oh my that should be in santa cruz santa cruz santa cruz i'll just say yeah, i mean can you imagine where mannion was at the start of this last season to somebody who went in the second round and agreed to a two-way deal that's pretty amazing but that happened you know that happened 
happens. I just think he's going to be a capable NBA player, not a great one, and you know, certainly not not a starter. But when we talk about the guys they've run through to be Steph's backup, right? I mean, other than Sean, there's been a lot of shakiness there, and I can see Mannion giving him six minutes here and there. I, I can see that just from watching him college play. Not great defensively is going to be an issue, but. I think he can run that team for a little bit, and I, and that's more than I can at this point say for Jordan Poole. I got a question for for all you guys because this is who he replaced. Do you like him more than Kai Bowman? Because for potential, he's nineteen. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Bowman's Man, like twenty two and was super athletic, but Bowman was score first downhill. I'll guard your best player. Mannion's like I'm gonna run the the unit. I think Bowman has a higher floor. Mannion has a higher ceiling. Is my take on that. I think Bowman was an interesting player, did some fantastic things, but like when they put the ball in his hands, they had to actually take it out of his hands and give it to somebody else. And that's not how his role is going to work out long-term in the NBA, where just he's too small to be running off the ball, and you couldn't put the ball in his hands. So that, that for the for Warriors, you never liked did. Bowman though. I never, never did. I never did. Yeah, Bowman. I never did. I a just, lot like, of I them just didn't. every time I a lot of time I watch him, and that's when the lo- the lead would the, the the deficit would go from ten to twenty two. It would be specifically when Bowman was in the game. You just watch it every single time. Oh, great dunk, great steal. Oh, they're just went the opponent just went on an eleven to one run. I just don't like that sensibility about him, where I just don't think he fits. As a the lack of guard. passing. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. fit as a lead guard. Yeah, and a lot of the Warriors staff felt that way too, even if they liked the guy. I wonder about Mannion. I watched Mannion, and I know this isn't like the barometer for how well somebody does in NBA, but I watched him at that Curry camp with a lot of these players, and he was he was the point guard. Like he ran it. It was him and uh Scotty Lewis, who I think is now at Florida. He was incredible. Like he he looked like the perfect player for the Warriors. He ran the floor, he pushed it, he could shoot, saw everything. So to see him at Arizona was like, whoa, that was a fluke. And a lot of those other guys from that same camp, including Wiseman, ends up being great. And Mannion was literally like one of the best players on the floor. So to see him at Arizona was like, whoa, who is, who is this guy? So I do wonder if it, if it was Sean, like, you know, if it's just a matter of coaching. College has been like, for a long time, shackled dudes who then go pro and you kind of get to see their talent. He looked like he was in complete command at the beginning of that college season in a way that is uncommon for a freshman. It was why I was making the joke with you, Ethan, because I remember very early in the college basketball season, right around, the, right around the time we were learning how bad the Warriors were going to be, I remember going into the press room and you were starting to map. Remember when he just started going draft story, draft story, draft story, <laughs> and he was like no. watching Nico Mania tape. He's like, I don't, this might be the guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. And now it's like they get him 48. It's, pretty it's cool. crazy. Well, yeah, he just had such a fall from grace. It started when uh, Pritchard owned him in that game. Like that was a, it was all downhill from there. Well, I, I worry about the two-point shooting. I worry about just around the rim. That's something that a bit of a concern. But at that time, opening up, I think first eight games, he was over 50% from the field, over 40% from three, passing better than anybody in college basketball. And you went, oh, man, is this is this Steve Nash reincarnated? Who is this guy? And maybe the Warriors have an idea of how it all. It just means something is there, though, right? It means you can't. Something is there. You're not doing that if it's not there. And what he's six four, right? Six three, six four. I mean, he's got some size. Six three. Yeah, he's got some size to him. 
I don't know. He did his introductory press conference with James Wiseman, and he, looked like he was like 5'1 next yeah. to James Wiseman. Well, I saw that picture of Sean next to Wiseman. Is Sean, did Sean go is 6'2", actually? We missed it. We, we thought he was 6'7", and he's 6'2". Uh, Wiseman is large. So, uh, Slater, what was your uh, impression of Wiseman just being around him at that press conference, him on the phone, personality-wise? It was kind of a fun event. You know, it's such a weird time to do these, but... You get there, and then suddenly the Warriors' entire front office, all masked up, floods out of like the front of Chase Center to watch. And you know, we were able to kind of have conversations. I chatted with Ron Adams for a little while. He's hyped. He was kind of relating it to the Mitchell Robinson story. Of Mitchell Robinson was a high considered a high prospect, but then went to college and like disappeared from college. Something happened. I can't remember. And then you know that killed his stock a little bit and then he goes to the Knicks and like right away it's like whoa who's this like shot blocking great defender he was kind of relating it to that story but the day was interesting you could tell how like genuinely excited the entire front office seems to be and the coaching staff seems to be about the Wiseman pick about his personality they've come to really like him his family was there they were you know seemed to be having a great time they saw Steve Kerr they were like so excited we're like please can we get a picture oh my I mean, it was cool. It was cool to just be at like a live event again. And what was strange was the Ubre rumors were dropping right at that time. And Lacob is sitting there and he's the one that just greenlit this monster bill. And like Bob Myers, you could tell, is trying to do a press conference where he's like solemnly discussing Clay because that news dropped that morning. And he, he had, like on the stage was like apologizing to the Wiseman family for having to answer these questions on their big day. And then he had to, hey, look, celebratory you know, here's this new number two overall pick. And also like he's looking at his phone every 10 minutes and then he's like bursting off the stage to go take a call because he's finalizing the Ubre stuff. So it was interesting. The trials of Bob Myers, general manager, the struggle. That's, that's, that's funny. It's a large job and lots of stuff happened. That's what like when, when, when I was thinking, is he going to go to LA? Like they said, they were going to send that group down to LA to to visit clay during the mri like he can't he's got he's like he's got to make these deals like he can't be on a plane for for an hour and a half and unavailable for three hours no chance he's got to do these deals we will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The other thing from the day was, uh, and it's kind of what I alluded to, his size. It's like in person, you're like, you know it, you hear the 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 metrics of it, but you're sitting there and it, that's a 19-year-old right there. It's like a legit seven-foot pretty built, standing next to Sean Livingston. He was talking to Zaza briefly, and it's like, oh, he's pretty much bigger than Zaza. Like, right now, he, and then they're walking away, and Livingston, who had just met him, was like, oh, yeah, that's a legit 7-1. Like, oh, yeah, it is. And you're like, okay, this is different. The real question is, will my guy Glenn Robinson III come back? Come on. What are you doing, Bob Myers? Come on. Steve Kerr loves this guy. Total shunning. Bob Myers shunning Glenn Robinson. To me, Kerr, they gave yeah. Baysmore that swap. Yeah, really. I know. I would say, that's what I would say. Yeah. They Baysmore, man, so popular. So popular out I mean, because here. Because basically, anybody who they add, that means they're eliminating Michael Mulder. And then they might anyway, but. To me, that's the cost right there. Like, is it's the money and it's eliminating Michael Mulder. And, it doesn't, and, and hey, I, I and people probably know I'm higher on Mulder than most, but I don't know that is Glenn Robinson actually going to be that much more valuable to them than Michael Mulder could. You be? know what Glenn Robinson is? We don't yet know what Michael Mulder is. Michael Mulder could be better. Robinson, he'd be solid. I, honestly, I I I think Robinson would have been better than Bazemore. But I would take him over Bazemore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no question. Really, I see. I think I think they went defense. I really, I, yeah, and, that's and, that's you know, and yeah. they're just going. Who are we going to get? Who's going to defend something? Now there already was a question whether Clay could do it, but now that Clay's completely off the table, they were sending Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks, and Wiggins after these guys, and that doesn't work. And now they've got Ubre and they've got Basemore, and I just think they need it. They, they just want they lean. They went offense last time, and they basically gone offense last couple times. And this offseason, it was defense, and it was Uber and Baysmore to go guard some. You know, they're Kawhi Leonard. We know Donovan Mitchell. We know Damian Lillard. We know all the guys. And if Clay's not going to be that there, and maybe not ever again as that defensive guy, that man, they need somebody who can go get those. And want to make we really put Baysmore in that category? No, really but he, o- over 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 Glenn Robinson, I sure I would. I don't know about really. <laughs> yes, yes, I think yes, I think it yes. depends on the kind of player. I think ones and twos. Baseball is little. What is baseball? Six four? Yeah, but no, his wingspan. Yeah, his wingspan is seven. Wingspan don't help you when they back you down. Yeah, but I, I think that his job is going to be more to hound uh, primary ball handlers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the the ones and the twos. I think is baseball territory. I don't know if they're putting them on Kawhi Leonard. I'd say it like this. I'd rather have Glenn Robinson, what you said right there, guard Kawhi Leonard. I'd rather have Kent Bazemore guard Damian Lillard. you got Wanamaker kind of for that job too. So, you know, the one thing about the Glenn Robinson, we don't know what his situation is. Maybe he's about to sign a $4 million per year deal in Atlanta or some, you know, somewhere with cap space. So maybe that wasn't available to them either. Man, I just know he was supposed to go eat with Miss Seeley have some Thanksgiving dinner with his old friend in his San Francisco apartment. He still can. He still can. Uh, he still can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he still <laughs> Nobody's will. nothing stopping him. <laughs> he still will. 
He still uh, will. Too. No, well, Glenn Robinson will be fine. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to bag on Glenn Robinson. You're right, though. They made a calculated decision, and I. I think it was defense. I think it was athleticism, and I think they want to run. I mean, I just wrote this, but they want to. They want to run, run, run. And the fact that he's pretty close friends with a member of the organization probably. You think helped that might have helped a little bit? Maybe. You, you know, that? maybe, maybe just a little bit. Maybe you just can't a bit. golf with Johnny West all the time. You got to mix it up. <laughs> You know, you need you need bees more every now and again. What's up with Steve Kerr right now? Uh, how is he feeling about this? Like, he's, oh, I think this is a Steve he, Kerr. He's basically saying he's got to coach yeah. differently, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, differently. He said that last season too with, with D'Angelo. Not differently in the sense that uh, he will do anything differently, but he's got to rethink how they approach things. And he used to be open to it. He seems to like like it. It's not just yo put the ball in the hands of our four all-stars anymore it's definitely better than last year where it was like what what, what are we doing how is steve handling all this coaches hate expectations right and so as much as as much as it's a gut punch what happened with clay and obviously doesn't like that i do think there's this other aspect of going in the last season remember how steve was talking remember how he was trying to not so subtly tell everybody in the media that hey man we're not really the warriors anymore he wasn't trying to say that. He was saying that. He literally, we're going to be bad this year. Yeah, Remember after they got blown out? Yeah, what was yeah by the Clippers. Oh he said, this God. is the real NBA. Yeah. <laughs> he was basically saying, hey, everybody, we're, we're the emperor. Hey, it was like, get used to this. <laughs> I have a little bit of context to that. I remember, so they got blown out opening night by the Clippers. He says that, and then they were in Oklahoma City, and I'm chatting with him after a practice, and they would then go on to get blown out by the Thunder, and this is while Steph's still healthy. He came up. I was like, yeah, that was kind of surprising you said that. He's like, honestly, I just saw too many people picking us to go to the title preseason. <laughs> but do you remember that? There was like some talk like, what? The dark oh, yeah. horse well, play yeah. comes yeah, back yeah, in yeah, March. Yeah, Here they yeah. come. Yeah, and, and coaches hate that. They hate that because they end up getting the uh, the blame when they don't live up to expectations. And I think now it's kind of the other way. There's this big reaction to the clay injury news, which I think is uh, more devastating long-term than it is short-term. Hence why I declare the dynasty over you. The one thing I would say about expectations, though, is like Joe Lacob planted some expectations back on him by spending the most, you know, spending that amount on Ubre and kind of revamping and letting it be known, even on Tim's podcast, that like, no, we are not having another one of those types. But, but Joe's not moving the uh, those over under uh, the over under win total needle because they're at 39, 39 games in Vegas. That's 39 in a 70. Yeah, so that's so that equivalent about 43, 42, I would guess. Yeah, but that's not exactly everybody uh, picking them to win the championship. But Steve is in on this, though, right, TK? Like, Steve was, he's not a bystander here. I'm going to write about this. Is this is a Kerr influence offseason when the others couldn't be because they were finishing the season days before they were doing a draft and and, and had free agency. You just look at it. He wanted size. He he loves size. Like, we talk about the words playing small ball, but he loves size. He loves centers. Zaza Pachulia, JaVale McGee, David West, Arison Verishaw, he loves centers. They draft a center. Centers of attention, Slater. (laughs) He was very happy about the centers of attention. (laughs) He was very happy about the Wiseman pick. No question. And then you go to Oubre, a defensive wing. You go to Bazemore, a you know, a defensive two guard. You go to Wanamaker as classic a Kerr player. As I mean, I even think I thought this once. Like that oh, guy looks yeah. like a He's Kerr player. I mean, older like, Kerr player. Been in right? been in Europe, bounced around. Good guy can handle the ball. Can also shoot it a little bit, but doesn't need to shoot it a lot. 
He's going to let Wanamaker talk in like films and, you know, hey, come yes, on up, yes. Brad, and talk exactly. to the guards exactly. about how you need to yes. defend this guy. <laughs> yes. What do we know Steve wants more than anything? A ball handler who doesn't turn it over, right? Like exactly. That's, Make he decisions. loses his mind with yeah. turnover. He Make. just wants a guy like, yo, calm everything down. It was Iguodala. It was Livingston. Livingston. No now question. it's Wanamaker. He's that guy. Calm everything down. Give him the ball. What that, did you call Andre the chaperone on the floor? Yeah. yeah that, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Get things organized. Yeah. And, and so we'll see. But and then you get the like, Nico Mannion they, pick. Yeah. Nico Mannion. Another curve just set up. You know, like this is just Arizona as we know. But these are things like they they weren't going to take Anthony Edwards. They just weren't going to take him. They weren't. You know, LaMelo Ball, I think. I don't know, probably, TK. They, they like I don't know. That's they not like what they were saying before the draft. <laughs> I saw all these reports. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I saw yeah, all yeah, the reports. Yeah, that's true. That's all that. Yeah. Here's something because, um, you know, I, I love the work that Nate Duncan does. And uh, he was talking on the podcast with Hollinger. And Nate is firmly in the camp of, they should have taken LaMelo. They should have taken LaMelo. They should have taken LaMelo. History will be the judge on that, of who's right on that one. But I'm just thinking, what is Steve's mood if they did that instead of Wiseman? What is the vibe right now? A little, little different. <laughs> I think we're going to know quick on that, too. You know, I think we need, we're going to need 20 games to know, not like, hey, what's Wiseman's long-term ceiling and what he'll be, but like... You know, what is he? And then LaMelo and Charlotte with this Gordon Hayward situation. Like, it's going to be a very interesting opening, like, two months to, like, really watch Oh, you are going to be class. killing Nate in the group chat if Wiseman <laughs> looks like an all-star. You are gonna I think we're going to know maybe a week into, into training camp, like, what they're, how they're talking about him. If Draymond gets up there and goes, wow, this Wiseman, man, Wiseman, man, he can play. He's obviously one of the best bigs we've had. That's going to be telling. Uh, and if it's, uh, you know, he looks okay, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's 19, there. he's yeah, 19, yeah, he's 19 yeah. you know, so yeah, we're not expecting, you know, I've said this, I believe last training camp, they went to practice in with D'Angelo Russell and went, oh God, I really think they did that. And, and you could just tell things drop, like Steph starts talking about missing Andre, right? Like two, what was that, Ethan, like two practices in, three practices That in? was insane that he called yeah. Andre, you exactly. know, the, the other version of calling a player from the parking lot in Warriors Wars. <laughs> Steph calling Andre. So, uh, you don't think Steph like hanging out with the trade exception last year? Oh, 17.2 million. Remember how depressed they were in Brooklyn, Anthony, when they had traded, uh, I think it was Glenn Robinson. It seemed like they were, and Alec they were, Burks. Yeah. And it seemed like they were depressed that D'Angelo Russell wasn't traded at that point. And it wasn't the wrong guy. You know, the wrong, you know, the quote, Dewey Cox, the wrong kid died. Yeah, although I do eventually. think we get stuff from what they, even on Zoom calls, whatever we're going to get whatever access we're going to get i think we're going to get they can't a, hide a tone. It, yeah. yeah we're going to tone from this we're going to get you know it's like gonna... when fans were mad at us about you're creating this fake story about durant leaving but it's just when has this guy ever said he wants to come back <laughs> like when has that happened when has he ever said that that you can read between the lines there's a lot of damning with faint praise there are a lot of cues it's not entirely subtle it's easy to read if you want to be objective and read it i think We'll see the tone of voice. We'll see what they're doing. We'll see what the exhibitions look like. But I think we'll tell with Wiseman, at least if he's got, yeah, as, as as Anthony was saying, like, is he a player? Is he a player right away? We're going to know. If he's a player right away, he's going to be good. If he's not a player, we're, we're you know, everything. Will and have we to don't even have to see the workouts. They're going to find us and be like, oh, have you, you got to see this Wiseman guy. Is Anthony running the Warriors, by the way? You know, between <laughs> between this and the the Ubre stuff, because I mean, well, Marcus and, and and Slater are fighting over the Ubre. Who who did that for the Warriors? You know, who made those phone calls? But I feel like it's a very Slater offseason. Well, if um, I may be, if I may praise him, I'm, in a I'm happy way, to be Slater's doing, assistant GM. I, I just think. Well, let's just say Anthony and Marcus 
talk to a lot of warriors people. And you, mm. when you do that, you get a sense of what the thinking is, what things shape up, where this is headed, what kind of player they're looking for. And this is the kind of players they were looking for. It wasn't, you know, you read their stories. God, I hate doing this. Let's get up, let's hang up on them now. But and you get a keep sense going, of, keep going, keep going. Praise a morsel of praise. You get a sense, and, and and I'll and I'll I'll mute the line. Keep going. and I'll be really. I mean, this is more to the, more to our personality. And and you read other people, you know that they're not talking to real people. You know it. They're just they're just throwing things up in the air. This is not who they're going to take. This is not who they're going to sign. If you talk to them, you know this it doesn't like they're saying hey Slater we're gonna take Wiseman it's this is what we see ourselves as this is the shape of our franchise this is where this is headed and that's when you can write James Wiseman would be their their obvious pick or it's when you can write Kelly Oubre really fits what they would do if they're going to use the trade exception that's when I think readers understand that the writers are also in tune with what the Warriors are doing too Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Do you guys want to discuss where they fit in in this West picture? Right now, yeah, and I'm trying to sort of figure that. Like, so Low, so much change. Playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like loose guess would be six, seven, eight. I mean, Slater, would you disagree with that? I mean, look, Lakers and Clippers again in their own tier. Nobody wants to hear me say this, but if Steph, I'm going top Steph, five. Oh, I'm going top five seat. Oh, I wanted this take that Ethan was about to give. Oh my bad. I think playoffs. You would guess lower tier, but if Steph has one of those fifteen to twenty game injuries you might as well make it 30 or 40 just because this is the weird thing looming over the season. I agree with Lakeup. When Lakeup says we're not tanking, no, you don't spend all this money to tank. And uh, I don't think you should go. Let it go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, they did last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They just said they had the opportunity to do it so early. So it could happen. It could happen. But man, that's, you're going to do two, you're going to do two seasons of this though. Two seasons. the, The first two seasons at Chase. You do not go in with that mentality. You try to make the playoffs. And if it's going well, then you try to build on that. But if you get into a situation where you are just duking it out to get the eighth seed versus not getting the eighth seed in terms of team planning, in terms of where they are, the lack of assets, where the whole clay injury has left them, this 2021 draft is just touted beyond belief as one of the strongest in years. I've looked over it. There's an insane amount of athletic wings. It's a situation that isn't one of those 
it's the first pick or it's nobody or it's the top. You better win every Wolves game, though. You better win every Wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Not so they're the third worst team in the league, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. You have to be very uh, delicate. They're making Draymond give pep speeches in the locker room before (laughs) Minnesota games. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where... If you feel if 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 it is between at a certain juncture, if you've got twenty or twenty or thirty games left, and it looks like it's between a fight for the eighth seed and it's a possible top ten pick, I think fans wouldn't want to hear it. But you should probably go for that top ten pick. Just give them where they are. That's a thin line of of where they might be. So I, I just don't. I just can't say Draymond. Forget about it. We don't care about this. I I just can't see having that conversation. But okay, I, I, I grant that it's it's something. But where do they fit? If we're not saying Steph's going to miss fifteen games, if we're saying they're going to be generally healthy. Where do they fit in the West? Let's say this. Wiseman, helpful, not unbelievable. We'll say Wiggins, Ubre, what they've mostly been, maybe be a touch better on Wiggins. You know, but good, solid two wing guys. Lakers, Clippers, far above them. We know that. Nuggets, they're in right? Here. Nuggets N- above Nuggets, them. Nuggets, Nuggets yeah. took a step back, I thought, with the Jeremy Grant situation. Yeah. Like yeah. that that hurt them. But still. <laughs> Jeremy Grant, who just wanted to get away from Porter's. <laughs> <laughs> according to rumor yeah but still we would say better than the warriors jazz were with bogdanovich back i mean what do you guys think i think jazz are better i think jazz are better i They're, can go with they that know since they've been together more. a while yeah, yeah they've, they've been together the they run that you know i just we don't know what Wiseman is going to be well they might be a better regular season team than a playoff team just because if you're if you're trying to just run on other teams and you're trying to push the pace they want the way they they want to they might catch some teams off guard but it really seems like in the half court other than Steph Curry magic it's going to be hard to uh, generate buckets so they might be like one of those uh, one of those old Nuggets teams. A lot of that depends on Wiseman, and a lot of that depends on Kim Kelly and Wiggins knockdown threes. For sure, uh, I'm going to keep going down the list here though. So we've hit four that we think Probably Looney healthy. Looney healthy. Give me a healthy well, Looney. Uh, I'm not going to have that as a relied upon <laughs> factor. Um, Houston Rockets. No. I mean, right there probably. No. Like, it's weird that they do have Done. the – I would assume they're going to crumble. Although they just got DeMarcus Cousins. How about that pickup? Dallas Mavericks is an interesting one. I put them no ahead Porzingis, of the yeah, No yeah, Porzingis yeah, put, to start the season. We don't know when Porzingis is coming back. I put them ahead of the Warriors to start. I don't know. We they don't, lost yeah, not, Wesley Matthews and Seth Curry. That's no, West, West, West Matthews was on the Bucks. He was on the Bucks. Oh, that's right. They lost, that him so they, they lost him a year ago. Did they lose Trey Burke? Where's Trey Burke? Yeah. Did he no, stay? he resigned with them, I think. He signed. Okay. I think he signed. They lost Seth Curry. They lost Seth. Yeah. But they got Josh Richardson. They got Josh Richardson. Tim's guy. Yeah, yeah, I think they're probably uh, slated nah, to be they're better five. than Warriors. Yeah, they're five. Yeah, they're, 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 they're I got I got to put any team with Luka Doncic is going to be ahead. Where of was Wes Matthews last? Oh, Bucks, Milwaukee. Yeah, Bucks he played a lot. Year. He played a lot. This is another interesting one. Portland Trailblazers. Top end Warriors are better than Portland. If they're not top end, they're not better than Portland. So six to me is like that's the number where they could get to, but they also could be a lot worse than Portland. But you know, we've seen we Draymond sometimes beats Portland by himself. And, and we don't know if Draymond's Draymond anymore, but I, I like the Warriors as like right at the same level as Portland, maybe slightly lower. There are other frisky names, though. We're talking about the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix. Gotta get Phoenix in there. Phoenix, Gotta yeah. get Phoenix. Ooh, frisky hey. Phoenix. Although shorting the Phoenix Suns has never uh, served everybody wrong in the Sarver uh, administration. It's just so much pressures on Steph. I mean, that's the thing. So much pressures on Steph. It's... I think their their plan is as the coaches, as one coach described to me, they want to run like hell and have a top ten defense. Now, 
if they can go top 10 both categories, yeah, they'll be better Man, than I could use that quote in the story I just turned in, like. Well, I don't know. We both. Hey, I want to. I want to read that story because I might have some additional. I might have some additional up, thoughts man. on this whole run and gun adventure, and so let's I don't want to overlap. You don't mean top ten scoring defense because if you run, you the scoring goes up. The top ten efficiency defense, yes, which is I think is possible. Yeah, the top top. That's what they're gunning for. That's what they're trying for. But a lot of that is, I can see the top ten defense in their midst with all that length, despite the inexperience. But that top ten offense is that's just like Steph, just just do it yourself. <laughs> just just be the top ten offense. Is he still that guy? Is that something that he can pull off? This idea that oh, so much pressure is gonna be on Steph. I mean, I agree, obviously, but you're an NBA superstar. You know, so much pressure's on James Harden, so much pressure's on Giannis, so much pressure's on a lot of these NBA but superstars. But he doesn't that's- have a lot of tools, is what I'm saying. There's not a lot surrounding him. There's the pick and roll of Wiseman, who is a teenager. Uh I mean, that's going to be that's going to be useful, but you don't have a lot of shooting or shot creation surrounding Steph Curry versus some of these others. I mean, they now have an 18-point-per-game two-guard and a 20-point-per-game small forward. But are those guys efficient? But the, are those guys efficient? No, not really. But they're getting, like, So you're you asking know. Steph to do it is what I'm saying. I think realistically, are they going to take the shots? Like they, they, they didn't have people. Well, they had D'Angelo last season who took every shot, but you know they didn't have willing shooters. But what Ethan is saying is Steph has to create their shots. Like, and if Steph doesn't create them, they don't have anybody else to create. I would them. just say what this is not is to. It's definitely not last year with some of the younger guys they were trying out, and and the Russell fit was terrible. I think it's definitely a better you know, supporting cast in that. And it's not game six of the Toronto finals when KD's hurt and Clay's gone. Like, it's not that either. You know, I, I think you can't really box and one this team nearly as much as you could box and one. Oh, but Nick Nurse will try. Oh, but he will try. You know, Wiggins has scored 20 points a game in his you know, career. Whatever, we, you know, that's whether that's something that's 20, actually baby. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he scored 20, I'm looking it up, 23-6 one season, his third season. You know, he, he can put shots up, and he's not, you know, 44%. Him and Oubre should get him 30. They should get him 30 points. They should get more than 30. They should get him more. They should get him more. That's what I'm saying. You should be able to lock that in. You should be able to lock in 30. And they didn't have that last season. They just, you know, whatever, yeah, with Russell, who was in and out and did his own stuff. Then Steph was out, so it was really hard to say. But they weren't getting it from Alec Burks and, and Glenn Robinson and all the other people they played there. And from Wiggins, you should say they can get 16 from Wiggins. They should be able to say that. He averaged 19-4 for them in whatever it was, 12 games last season. He should be able to get 16 and maybe more with Steph. And that's different. Again, doesn't mean it's going to be efficient. That's what I want to say. With Ethan saying it has to be Steph, like we saw Steph do that, and no one else would shoot the ball. He's going to have some guys who will shoot the ball. Again, it might not be at the greatest efficiency level. But they'll take the shot, and that changes it for him. Okay, wait a minute. Wiggins is going to make three threes. Uh oh, we, we better not double team. Like, there's going to be some times when that happens. I think much more often than we saw last season, and which when we never saw that basically. Also, we didn't really see Steph last season, so that's a whole other conversation. I, my two thoughts are: I could see him pulling off top ten both categories, which is usually the standard for contention. I could see them doing it. I wouldn't bet on it, but if they do it, I think Steph should be in the MVP conversation at the high end. He's of got it. a chance narrative wise too to, to definitely have an MVP. Oh, Steph game. MVP, Steve Kerr coach of the year. They they pulled themselves up from their bootstraps. Come look on. At no clay. Look at they love. Can I say one more thing and it's the underrated name slash factor we have not discussed and it when we talk top 10 defense this is all smiley that probably matters. Yeah, smiley geech. What is Draymond Green? What yeah. is Draymond <laughs> Green? That's a class. Oh question. yeah. Huge question. 
I actually like Draymond Green on all this rest. I really do. I like Green having been out of basketball, chilling in Cabo for months. He needs more IG sort of like, you know, new man. We need we need some more hype coming from Instagram the way we got with Wiseman from Draymond. I don't I don't know what we're getting from him right now. Is he going to have a shot? Is he going to have a jump shot again? You know, maybe not ever, but if he does, how much does that change what they do? If he shoots 32 percent yeah, yeah like instead 30, of 35 yeah. it's a whole yeah. different situation well, he needs to get over 30 he hasn't been over yeah, 30 although, although, otherwise yeah. the aforementioned smiley geech is breathing down his neck <laughs> as a creator for yes, I, yes. I will say smiley geech has become some of a punchline on on warriors twitter and I, it's a little unfair i would say it's a little unfair is he gonna play this season ethan is he gonna smile geech gonna play this season no, he's not gonna play this season. He's yeah, not. I don't. I don't and know. if he doesn't play this season, I'm not sure he will be on the roster next season. I'm not sure. We're, like, okay, Ethan, better question: Will Alan Smiley each be on an NBA roster at, when he's 24 years old? I think so. I'll guess yes. My thought on the whole Smiley each thing: I think there's something about his name that's a little ridiculous, and then people know that he was a, a Kent Lake of project, so there's the insinuations of nepotism and everything else. But the dude, as a teenager, put up good numbers in the G League last season. And that's not a guarantee of NBA success, but it's kind of a prerequisite that he is cleared, you know, as a 19-year-old. I think he's 20 coming into the season. So I don't think he's the joke that a lot of other people are treating him as in a way they wouldn't if his name was Alan Smith. So that's what I would say about Smiley Geach. I'd say maybe a little bit of a, you know, uh, we pick on Jordan Poole. We, pick on, we picked on D'Angelo Russell. Like, there's just... Certain players sometimes that they just don't look like they're going to fit long term, uh, and we know the Warriors. And I would just say I I don't disagree with you on some of these things, but I can't see how he plays on this team. I can't see it, and they're not even that great anymore. I like Ethan blaming xenophobia instead of the fact the dude can't play basketball. I think that, <laughs> no, but you don't think that's legit. You don't think the fact that his name is a, like sounds ridiculous I, and it's fun. It's I think fun if he could play basketball, it wouldn't be it wouldn't matter if he was good at Ooh, basketball. Ooh, play matter. basketball. He was wild and made some really bad decisions with his playing time in some of his moments last season that will hurt him as far as Kerr giving him that trust. So when you say, is he going to get in? Is he going to crack the rotation? I do think that's an issue. But, I mean, he was good. He was good in the G League. That's true. What I'm saying, I'm just trying to kind of uh, thread the needle of, it's almost like he's getting treated like a ridiculous Jacob Evans, and I don't think that is fair. I think that he has more potential to crack an NBA rotation than Evans where it was just done. Evans went down to the G League and wasn't even good in the G League. Done. Can't do it. Not the case with uh, with the old Yeech. My practical point is, what position does he play in the NBA? And uh, if, if, there, if there's four, a pop, yeah, if there's a pop, four or five. Oh, man. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's going to be good at either, either of those things. So like, that's one of those like you'd know quickly, right? You know, I think they saw him quickly. Go, okay, he's not playing for two years, and they're not in that spot right now. And you know, if that's the feeling you get out of Wiseman, and I'm sure it won't be, but I think we're going to know it right away. And I think they made a call within the coaching staff, at least, that this guy was not going to play for a couple of years. And they're, they're not in the business of that anymore. They you know they don't have Kevin Durant, and they can just put people on the back end of this roster. They need people on the back end of the roster who's gonna, who are going to contribute to them in some meaningful way in at least two years. And that, I don't think it's going to happen with Smiley Geach. I don't want to be, you know, it, it sounds harsh, but I think that's where they are well, with Smiley Well, what you're saying is right, particularly now with the clay injury. The clay injury is an empty rot. You know, you just, you're getting nothing from one roster spot. Now, if you're, if you 
you think you're not going to get anything from a smiley each roster spot, you've eliminated two pretty valuable parts. You want to be a contending team. And then when we're talking about, well, maybe they add somebody and bump off Michael Mulder, but then, you know, if you're a coaching staff that's pressurized to try to compete this year, you're going, well, who would help more? Michael Mulder? Who? Yes, non-guaranteed. So yeah, it makes sense. You figure out a way to dump smiley each. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah. But okay, can they? You know, that's... $1.5 million isn't like some team that, oh, yes, let, let me take that. You're going to have to give up a pick you to know move what you him, could and then, do? then you're sacrificing. Yeah, you know what you could do? Pick, yeah. You could just cut him. And, and, and Whoa. Take the hit. Stretch him. Killing. You could, you, you could Killing stretch him, too. Geech. Yeah, you could stretch him. But I was but. defending Smile Geech. I didn't know I was defending him against, you know, against <laughs> such an onslaught. I was just saying a little I mean, patience might pay off. a shooter who couldn't make a three. Like, what are we doing? I don't think they're there yet. I think they want to give him, you know, the pandemic break was really tough for him because he was going to get a lot. I think he was going to get some playing time in those last 17 games. He was going to get a summer league. He was going to get a summer. And he just didn't have that. And and we're talking about, you know, how valuable developmental time is for him right now. That's interesting overall is that the whole G League calculus and how you bring players along has been disrupted and isn't going to be what it was. And I wonder if that changes some decisions that, hey, we can't count on bringing some of these guys along and we can't count on having a farm system like we did. So maybe it is time to cut a geech for preserving a molder. You know, that's uh, that's interesting. And they could trade Looney, you know. I mean, they could do some things where they would maybe need the roster spot for him. Like he would have to play. But I think that that's not the way they're planning it. But, uh, you know, look, it could all change. He, he shows up at the training camp and he looks like he hits threes as Marcus says. He actually hits them. That would change the dynamic. I, I don't expect that to happen. I expect him to come to training camp and they go, oh, okay, about the same guy. Yeah, uh, but they'll but, give him the chance to prove yeah. he's the same guy. Exactly. Or not. And, yeah, if, if he's if he's taking a step up, then they got a shot at it. It's just, can you imagine the Warriors playing him in, in for even six minutes in any important game? Oh, I, cannot, I saw, I I saw I them attempt to play him against Zion <laughs> Williamson, and it was <laughs> ragdolled around the court. It was five brutal. Yep. You can't yeah, do that. No, you can't do that. That's where, like, so then you, you, you can't play him in that game. You can't play him in another game. You can't play. That becomes tough for for him holding a roster spot on this team. Uh, and you and yeah, theoretically cutting Michael Mulder. And again, not a superstar. Michael Mulder, no way a superstar. But I can see him playing in those games, right? You can picture Michael Mulder playing in an important moment. And you cannot do that with Alex Mike. And maybe not for another year. And that's where it gets really the value. I like his shot fake and his driving ability. And he could finish. And he uh, could finish. I mean, he's not without skill. It's just... 63%. True shooting in the G League while scoring. Ethan is going to get one of these basketball ops guys in another organization <laughs> to take a chance on Alan. Smith. Just, we're yeah, all working for them. Is. We're yeah. all working for them. Suddenly, Where's Darren Ehrman. Like, Ehrman just got a job with the Knicks, so that's, that's Ethan. Well, there Ehrman is an Ehrman and Seth. I think there's some connection between Ehrman and Seth Cooper, who's uh, working with Smiley Geach. Which one do you believe more, by the way, uh, Ethan? He 47 games his first year. Or nineteen games the second year. Which one, which one is the for more the real? for the sample size? Yeah. Uh, when he was just a baby, Marcus, a baby, He's still a baby. I mean, He's still a baby. I mean, either way, he shot twenty four percent in forty seven games and thirty four percent in nineteen. Like, which I mean, that's going to be the swing factor. Can he be in that? Can he, dude? If he shot thirty four percent at the NBA level, I think he'd be uh, he'd be good with it. But you know, you don't know if that's going to happen. And uh, that's what they're working on. That's what Seth Cooper's been working on with them is getting that shot right. 
as I was watching them work together a bit at the uh, the G League Winter Showcase. But I do think that you might have to make some tough decisions, just given that you can't trust your developmental process in these conditions. So I would totally understand if they uh, if they if they kicked Smiley Geach off the roster, like all you guys are are uh, advocating for. Okay, I wanted to, but you know, I'm sure we're running up on the time limit here. But there was a lot of former Warriors traded in the last four days. Many of them that we've mentioned, that many that we've mentioned on the show. Yeah, already. JaVale McGee gets traded for Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell, and then I thought the, the reason why to it, the Lakers. Yes, yes. <laughs> the reason why it popped in my mind is because you mentioned Ermin and the Knicks and Thibodeau. They traded for Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans. It was interesting to see all those names just flying around in transactions. The Warriors roster flotsam and jetsam just moving around. They're just all like salary slots. They're just like, we need to make do something. Okay, let's just trade for one of those old Warriors guys. And are they all CAA? If they're, if they're ending up with the Knicks, I assume they're CAA represented. Spellman had a little something. He had a little spark. Yeah, he can shoot. I mean, he, could, he actually did hit threes in the NBA. So there's a guy who can play eight minutes. And for the Knicks, maybe that's 25 minutes. You know, I could see him one day finding his way back to the Warriors. Spellman. One day. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, JaVale we'll McGee, we'll probably that. not. No. That's when people were asking me about them re- getting DeMarcus Cousins back. I went, no, okay. I don't think that one's likely. I just don't <laughs> see that one happening. I don't want to get further into it, but I do not see them re-signing DeMarcus Cousins. They've had a lot of guys on their roster who like are just kind of end-rotate. I mean, I'm sorry, end-roster guys and Jacob Evans we could throw in there, too. Like, There's just guys who are going to stay in the league because they are okay but they're not going to be players in the league. They're just going to be guys. And they've oh, had a bunch man. of them. They've gone through a bunch of them. The Jordan Bell, Alfonso McKinney revenge games against Lakers Warriors <laughs> are going to be epic. Starting Christmas Day. Christmas is going to be all about those guys. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Jordan Bell. <laughs> all right. Well, that that's a good episode, fellas. We are on. We are we are on. We are ready. It's a new year. No more speculation. These, these nope. things are. We're camp, talking about we got real stuff. Games coming up. We got training camp coming up. Camp fast. starting. We're in this thing. Right. This we got Alan Smiling each fighting for his his NBA life oh, and training. Man. Ethan <laughs> is staggered by this whole conversation. He's about to go have to towel off after. Oh, Smiling each Zoom call when he's staring us all down. That's going to be good. I want to validate why I went to Vegas in the winter time. Is all I wanted. <laughs> Amari Spellman, thirty-six point six percent career NBA shooter. Yeah, he can shoot the three. He can he shoot, can shoot it, man. He's in shape. Pretty good stuff. I enjoyed covering Amari Spellman for that brief period. Anyway, yeah, I liked him. But. Camp next week, or well, two weeks, I guess, from camp, right? Yeah. No, isn't like December two? I thought. Well, no? they can't. They can't do team workouts till I don't think December sixth or seventh. They have like that quarantine process and individual workout process and and it leads up into I think group workouts is when we'll really start to like you said here, like hey how'd this guy look in a scrimmage? So that's like December sixth. Alright, we got some time, but here comes the season, finally. Alright, we're out.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.